I think that a lot of people do know some Aboriginal people that just don't realise it. You look at my mum, she's English, you look at my dad, he's Aboriginal, and look at me, I'm a bit in between. <laughs> I haven't got the flat nose anymore, I sometimes wish I did. You know, just because I'm Aboriginal doesn't mean I have a flag tattooed to my forehead. Like, most of them call me Auntie Lynn, and I'm happy to be their auntie, even though that I'm not. Because I am Aboriginal because of my DNA, not because of my lingo. I am Aboriginal because of my DNA, not because of my lingo. Meet the Mob, a podcast from 1233 ABC Newcastle with Jill Emerson. Subscribe at abc.net.au slash Newcastle. For Meet the Mob today, I'm out at Toronto High School, where it happens to be the last day after four years of working here for my guest, Rod Smith. What did you do here, Rod? Oh, also, I should mention your son is with us. What's his name? Uh, Cooper. Cooper's going to be talking a lot during this interview. Are you going to try and be quiet, Dad? Oh, he's nodding. I'm the Aboriginal education uh, worker here. And as you said, yeah, my last day here, uh, four years, and this is also my old stomping ground. Um, you went to school here? Yeah, I graduated year 12 here back in 1989, so I think that's 26 years ago. Okay, yeah. so I imagine the school has changed a lot since then, and I think I read somewhere that you were the first in your family to go through to Year 12? Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm the youngest of 10 kids. My parents, uh, on the other side of school, um, up on a Wobble Road, that, on that side, um, had a, uh, got one of the early housing commissions out here back in the um, you know, geez, early 70s, and they were in that house for about 30 years. So, yeah, I went down to... Beerabam Primary School, a uh, school captain down there, and there's been a lot of uh, Aboriginal kids that are, because this is a very highly populated um, Aboriginal um, uh, community, captain down there, and then come up here and, yeah, did year 7 or 12, and then, um, but I also did uh, another year of schooling over in the States, too. And two years before, I'd been to Paris in London. Um, you got around as a young boy from Toronto? <laughs> yeah, and I was only 15 at the time. Yeah, so and you went to Paris? Yeah, with the, um, I don't know if there's ever been one since, but it was the very first uh, all Aboriginal fashion parade and you know, clothes designers and models. And uh, yeah. What uh, was it like? Oh, look, that was, that was amazing. It was, you know, it was about 10 days all up, you know, going over and coming back. And we spent a couple of days in London and yeah, we're in the heart of Paris and playing the didgeridoo and being part of a fashion parade. Yeah, yeah, and one of the, in the, one of the biggest, uh, it was in the biggest shopping mall that was in Paris, and they, because fashion's quite big over there, and perfume, I always remember that too. So you'd travelled well and truly by the time you finished school, you got to year 12, yeah. and then you did that, and then you went to the United States. What yeah. did you do there? I was planning on going to uni, but then um, that fell through, and oh, I just kind of, um, because I'd done a lot of traditional stuff when I was little um, through Ray Kelly Senior, um, who grabbed uh, a lot of the boys from around Windale and Gateshead and then he come out this way because there was a heap of us out here. And, yeah, so I've been performing um, since the age of about 12. Yeah. So actually learning dance, song, yeah. all yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah. You love doing that, Rod? You really like it? You took to it? I mean, I imagine there were a lot of kids... That Ray might have wanted to, but weren't up for it. Yeah, look, um, my name had been mentioned to Ray too because uh, at that time when I was 12, um, rap dancing <laughs> was the biggest thing going. That was when it just started, and you know, everyone was, everyone was just getting into it. So, um, you know, for me back then, you know, I you had, were good. I, you liked it. Oh, yeah, I loved it. I, you know, I, 
I would have mates that would come into my room and say, oh, can you show us how to do this? I had the cardboard. I'd get out on the front lawn. You know, if I, if I ran into mates up Newcastle Mall, like I might have been 15 at this time, but if we, I saw mates busking or whatever in the mall, they'd go, hey, Rod, and I'd say, oh, I'll join you. And I'd just get up and just start dancing, you know. I talk about things like that to kids now, and they just all go, oh, shame, shame. And I just go, well, like I, I, I think back then, I just think, oh, no, it was, I, didn't, I didn't have that fear. It was just what you did. As we sit here in the grounds of Toronto High on Rod's last day here after teaching here for four years, we're with his son, Cooper, who's being very good, I have to say. Um, now, Rod, I was lucky enough to be a part and just sit in there while you had your farewell ceremony from yeah. school, free pizza, free soft drink. That was a big draw card. Many things stood out from it, not the least of them being you saying to the class, the group that were there, a whole lot of kids, now don't forget... The word shame is banned in this school. Now, shame is a word that I hear very commonly in the Aboriginal community, but you're banning it here. Why? Oh, look, when I give my, th- when I tell people why and my theory behind it, um, people look at me a bit strange. But I suppose now that, you know, I've been fortunate enough to do a lot of things. You know, um, travel around Australia and travel overseas and. You know, meet a lot of people, politicians, famous actors, you know. Um, I've, I've been very blessed in that sense. And then when you get into a job like this or if you start meeting uh, certain community people and you talk about something and fear, you know, just hits them. And instead of saying, oh, no, I'm, I'm scared. And, and, you know, and that's a big thing for someone to say. Because they think then, you know, everyone's going to think they're, they're gutless and weak. So, you know, a lot of us, instead of saying that, we, we have that word shame, which seems to cover you saying that, that's, that's your way, that's an easy way of getting out of just saying that you're scared. And, you know, when, so when you say shame, people, just, people now use that word, oh, they just think, oh, no, that's just stupid. But it's not stupid, you know, it's just that. So I say to the kids, look, if you don't want to do it, just tell me you don't want to do it. Um, and, you know, so just be honest with me. I'd never heard that theory put forward before. Do you think it's made a difference in the four years that you've been here, say, with this group? Oh yeah, because um, because you know they, I just keep, I just kept preaching that, you know, preaching that, and you know, I think these 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 young kids they don't understand, um, and you know, and as I said, they for them they just knew the word shame just meant stupid, but I I said no, and and it took look I had to do it for months and months, and I had to keep saying no. This is what shame actually means. It means you're scared. It means you have fear. I said, so you just need to say, no, Rod, I don't want to get up in the assembly to do acknowledgement because I'm scared. Because if you tell me that, then I can work on that. But if you just go, shame, shame, then all you're doing is just retreating into the corner and and they say it loudly enough that if anyone else was thinking about putting their hand up to do something, they're going to retreat with them. Down they go. Yeah. So you've seen some changes here. Yeah, and as... Um, <laughs> When kids walk in, if they happen to say that word, the other kids go, oi, you're not allowed to use that word in this room. Look, people might say you're crazy or you're wrong, but as I said, um, I've just seen, you know, as I said, we've got diabetes and drugs and all those things that are killing our people. The word shame isn't killing us in that sense. But as I, as I said before, but how many people should have been famous at this? Should it, How many Aboriginal people should have been famous at that? But because... Their friends all said shame because they were too scared to have a go 
or too scared to try. And that's the, and that's one of the another the biggest thing behind shame is is just so many people in this day and age just don't want to get off their get off their butts and do it. So instead of just saying I'm lazy, which is something else you can work at, see we we've got to start using the right words and to you know, and there's no there shouldn't the word shame should be just crossed out altogether because if we don't have the word shame anymore, then people have to be honest. And look for the right word. Yeah, and then once you... Because it's a bit of a catch-all, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and what people have got to understand, but unfortunately society, you know, like people like me, if someone comes and says I'm scared or I'm fearful or I don't know this, I don't know that, I will say, well, come in here. I said, I, I don't know either, but I know people who do. And that's how my job here is, like with the kids. You know, I don't have your answer, but I know someone who does. You know, if it's an algebra thing or whatever, but if it's in life, if, if it's a drug thing or an alcohol, if it's, or I had this dream of being an actor, you know, and I go, well, you know, I can help you with things. Like that. I know people, you know. Um, but if we just keep using shame, all that we're doing is just, it's a blanket that just hides the real feelings and thoughts of a person. But yeah, imagine if that word was banned and you weren't allowed to use it and you had to be honest. And that way, and we just said, you know what? We understand that, you, that you're, that you you know, to get up and talk in front of a thousand people, that is a scary thing. So don't sit back and think, oh, I'm weird because I'm scared. No. Look, I'd, I've done, I've sung in front of big crowds and small crowds, and the smaller the crowd, the more intimidating it is. Um, and I'm scared. And when I used to do acting and all that, you know, um, every show I was scared. I was nervous. But um, you just push through and... Yeah, but if I just let fear control me, I wouldn't have done traditional dancing, which then got me to go overseas, which then got me other jobs. And then by getting into other jobs, I was able to get into other things, which led to other things, which, as I said, I've been very fortunate to go around nearly, nearly yeah, all over Australia, inland and out, um, around the, and, you know, about four or five different countries around the world. It is your last day here. Uh, hence your wife and your kids are here and um, a whole lot of other people. What next? The reason why I'm leaving Toronto High is um, not because I'm tired of all that here. Um, it's very hard to actually say goodbye here because um, for me, with these kids um, who have that fear and kind of don't, you know, I don't know how to do this or I don't know how to do that, you know, for them to actually open up to you and to trust you, you've got to build a relationship. And I've had to do that myself with staff so that when kids say, I don't know how to do this, or I don't know how to do that, I know where to go to and speak to. And, and so I've built up relationships, not just with the students, but also with um, the staff here. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's been great. And next? Uh, a Wobbicle Co-op. Doing what? Um, Health? I'm, actually, I'm going to be covering a lot of different things um, in the... Uh, with the uh, media, like on the media and promotion side of things, um, me and uh, young Ray Kelly. Yeah. What next? That's a new development. Yeah, well, it's. Uh, I mean, when when I saw the uh, the job, um, I just thought, oh, that's all up my alley, you know. And um, yeah, and I just thought, you know, it's also something that uh, I've, I suppose, being out here, like I connect with a lot of community here, um, but being back in there, it is a lot bigger. Uh, a lot of different organisations, um, so I'm actually excited to get back into to the community in that way, to reconnect with all the different organisations that are around. Because um, I used to work for Wabakal when I'm 44 now, um, when I was about 20, 21. I worked for about two or three years as a cultural officer then. Um, so yeah, so this will be my second go with the Wabakal. And um, when I... Um, 
thought about the job. I'm one of those people I think, okay, what are my fears? What am I scared of? What are my no's? Why shouldn't I take this job? And I couldn't come up with any. But also one of the, the other main attractions for this job was, as I said about reconnecting with community that way, and, and uh, I know pretty much everyone that's working around different organisations and that, and, um, but it's also that I can grow in there too. Whereas here, I mean, I can make the position bigger, but it's just always at one level. And so, um, yeah, whereas in there, you know, um, I can learn a lot and um, learn from different people. And because I'm going to be working with all different um, departments within the Wabakal... In media, in media and communications? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, um, so, you know if, if we're... If the medical side or the dentist or, you know, the preschools or if there's a mental health day or something, if... The, That's yeah. exciting. And new media and everything is on the rise, so a real learning opportunity. And I, I think uh, over the last, yeah, no. uh, you know, maybe 15, 20 years, 15 years or so, I'm... Anyone who knows, it's, it's nothing new that I'm saying, but there has been a little bit of um, disconnection between a Wobbacle and community. And, um, and so, with, so with, this, uh, with this role too, it's um, kind of looking at Ray and I to, yeah, to see how we can um, maybe bridge that gap. Yeah, and, um, and that's something I'm excited about because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm traditionally, you know, if, if I go down my mother's path and, and that way, I'm not from here, but I am born and bred Newcastle. You know, um, we lived in Newcastle for a little, then we moved out here when I was probably about three out to Toronto. I just love everything about Newcastle and, um, and that's why I get angry with these young ones. Even when, you know, we talk about football and I go, I love the Knights. And they go, oh, but they're coming last or whatever. And they go, how can you support them? I go, because they're, they're, they're Newcastle. Yeah, so um, I'm actually quite excited to go in there. I know it's um, not going to be an easy, an easy path. Um, hopefully it is. Um, yeah, well, it certainly sounds exciting, and I think you know you've tapped into, or will be tapping into, an opportunity to uh, bridge some gaps. Yeah. Stay in touch with us at 12:33 at the ABC, and you know maybe there's some more stories that we can share with the broader community. You've been listening to a 12.33 ABC Newcastle podcast. For more, visit our website at abc.net.au slash newcastle.